Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin, Luke Vermeer on the other side of the glass producing tonight's program. We are going to be live until 11 p.m. tonight as we break down the Hamilton Tiger Cats versus Winnipeg Blue Bombers game. And lo and behold, it is the visitors who will go on to beat Hamilton 28-24 Four seconds remaining in this football game, and the Tiger Cats, after winning their first nine games at Tim Hortons Field, are now 6-8 and at their home field since ripping off those first nine victories. Tonight's story, without a doubt, turnovers. The Tiger Cats should open some sort of baked goods place. Call it a bakery, bake some cakes. It's definitely going to include a host of turnovers. They had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, six turnovers tonight by the Hamilton Tiger Cats as they go down to a feed. It's official now, 28 to 24. The reaction on Twitter is already coming in. The emails coming in as well. Phone lines will be open momentarily at 905-645-3221 star 9900 on your smartphone you can email rick at 900chml.com the twitter locations at rick samprin at am 900 chml all right let's break down the scoring summary tonight one second into this ball game justin medlock hits a 90 yard kickoff that rolls into the end zone for a single it's one zip winnipeg But after Medlock misses a 51-yard field goal and the Ticats fans were booing him tonight, he was a wide right from 51 yards. Brandon Banks took that missed field goal 120 yards for a touchdown. His second career missed field goal return for a TD, 7-1 Ticats. Medlock, though, responded with his first of four field goals on the night, this one from 25 yards out, made it 7-4 after one period of play in favor of Hamilton. Medlock then chipped in an 18-yarder to tie the game at 7 midway through the second quarter. Jeremiah Masoli fumbled on the Winnipeg 39 in a play, uh, one play after missing Brandon Banks. That would have been a 40-yard touchdown. He gave the football to Winnipeg. They followed suit with a single point as Medlock missed another field goal, this one from 51 yards out. But it did give the Bombers a point. They led 8-7. Maurice Leggett then picked off Masoli and rumbled 50 yards for the touchdown. It was a pick-six, 15-7 for the Bombers. On the ensuing kickoff, Macho Harris recovers Medlock's kickoff along the uh, near sideline at the Hamilton 24-yard line. Drew Willie to Ryan Smith from eight yards out, and it's 22-7 for Winnipeg. Nice catch by Smith as well. He had no idea the ball was coming. Lo and behold, it hit his hip. He grabbed it, and it was a TD. Just before the half, Brett Maher hit a 24-yard field goal to make it 22-10 for the Bombers. Third quarter arrives, and the Ticats come out large and in charge. Mike Daly recovers a fumble on the opening kickoff. Masoli to Andy Fantuz from seven yards out. This is a ball game, folks. Bombers 22, Ticats 17. But here's old Justin Medlock again. 
connects on a 38-yard field goal, his third of the night, to give Winnipeg a 25-17 lead. Masoli finds a wide-open Chad Owens on a 34-yard touchdown strike. It's 25-24 for the Bombers. Winnipeg makes it 28-24 with five seconds to go in the third period. Medlock's fourth field goal of the night, this one from 47 yards. He goes four for six in his first game back at Tim Hortons Field. This time, though, as a member of the Blue Bombers. Fourth quarter, scoring-wise, nothing to tell you about. Neither team found the scoreboard. There was a bunch of action, though. Masoli was intercepted by Mo Leggett again. Drew Willey fumbled. Michael Atkinson recovered the football. And Jeremiah Masoli, towards the end of the game, fumbled as well. Six turnovers by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Winnipeg not really cashing in a bunch of points on those turnovers. They only converted those six turnovers into 11 points. But they stopped drives. They swung the momentum. It was not a good night for the buttery-fingered Ticats tonight. Hamilton did force a couple of turnovers of their own, a couple of fumbles, and they managed to score seven points off those two turnovers. All right, let's throw the lines open here. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com, on Twitter at am900chml, at Rick Samprin. We're going to ask for your vote for player of the game, and at the end of the night, we will name our fifth quarter fan of the night. To start things off, Frank is called in. Good evening, Frank. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I've been better. Yes, I know. What is happening? I don't know. I, I, I thought for sure, um, you know, like the fumble, the fumble is like you were saying, it's unreal. Like, come on, guys. And, and in the drive at the end, you saw it happening, and then boom. You, you almost expected it to come, another turnover, right? Pardon me? You almost expected another turnover to happen. Well, it was like like I'm, I'm, I'm standing up going, come on, come on, come on, with my arms up. Like, do it, do it. You know, it, it's just so, uh, there's no confidence. I don't, I don't know what it is. But, uh, well, something's up, obviously, and I think it's more than just not having Zach Caleros on the field. Exactly. Although offensively, this team has struggled mightily. From yeah. from last game and the first half of this game, the offense had zero points. Yep. Zero. Exactly. And a, guy was, a friend of mine called me before halftime there, and I'm going, you know what, we got, what, three singles in five quarters or yeah. whatever it was. I'm like, this is brutal. I mean... I thought for sure, like, I'm not blaming Mazzoli at all, but I thought for sure they would change the quarterback, go to Matthews, and shake things up. I'm not saying it was Matt or uh, Mazzoli's fault, but uh, it's, come on, you got to do something. Uh, you, Ken Austin has been around this league a long time. I mean, you got to do something. You can't wait for Zach to come back. Yeah, and, and uh, I know what you're saying, Frank. Uh, and uh, on the quarterback situation, I knew because Ken Austin, you know, his mo has been to stick with his guy until you know he sees the wheels falling off. And I think he 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 told himself that we'll give Jeremiah another shot to start the second half. And right. when they started out the second half with the it fumble recovery, yeah, and the touchdown, he said, all right, you know, here we go. But, you know, really at the end of the day, uh, it was another very up-and-down game for Jeremiah Masoli, exactly. and more downs than ups. Exactly. It was, it was just like, oh, man, like I, like I ran into a, another Ticat fan who phoned you last week, and mm-hmm. she had fallen too. She's an older woman, and I ran into her on the street. I said, go, Cats, go, even though it was terrible after the BC game, and 
And I goes, hi, I'm Frank. She goes, oh, did you phone? I said, yes, I did. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Like you said, it's just, like, come on, guys. Their secondary is terrible. It, 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 it is. Totally, totally terrible. I mean, they're just picking them apart. Drew Willie, come on. Well, Drew Willie's a good quarterback, but yeah, I, I I will agree that the the secondary is being picked apart. When you have uh, two rookie corners in Pointer and Lee, um, you have Davis and Sears at the half, who you know have played okay in spurts this season. Davis was tremendous last year, and Courtney Stephen uh, back at the safety spot, which he played in college. Um, you know, you're hoping for a little bit better from the three veterans in the middle, but the guys on the ends are just getting killed. Oh, it just seemed like I, I just like that. You know, I don't want to hold you all day. I, it's just like it seemed like okay, we're going to do this drive, we're going to win the game, and it was just like boom. You know, it was like a punch in the face yep. again, and it was like, come on, are we going to go one and three? Come on. <laughs> well, I don't know. They're in Montreal next week. Uh, uh, they're one and two. Yeah. We all know their record in Montreal over the last ten, twelve years. Not so good. Hasn't been good. No. No. Frank, uh, who's your player of the game tonight? Ah. Uh, Jeez, I, I, honestly, I don't even have one. Um, I'll say you, Rick, again. I said that <laughs> last year. I'll say you, you're the player of the game. Man. Okay, okay. Th- right. Thanks a lot, Frank. Take care. Have a good one. Thanks for calling in. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. I'll give you my player of the game right now. You might not like it, but Justin Medlock is my player of the game. Four for six on field goals. Yeah, he missed a couple, but they were both from 51. And, yeah, Brandon Banks took one of them to the house for a touchdown but he did stop a long Brandon Banks return he punted well had that kickoff single Uh, they recovered uh, not necessarily an onside kick but it's ruled an onside kick but he kicked it downfield the Ticat special teamers I think fell asleep a little bit because they thought the ball was going out of bounds and Macho Harris recovers it after it goes out of bounds so my player of the game uh, I'm going to vote for Justin Medlock and he was booed Really hard tonight. I didn't really expect that because he was a fan favorite. I know he didn't leave on the greatest of terms, but he had nothing but good things to say about Hamilton. But, man, he got booed big time tonight. All right, quick break, and we are back with our callers. Uh, Alex and Dave, hold on the line. We'll get to you when we return. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML, Hamilton's News Talk Leader. Rick Samprin with Luke Vermeer producing tonight's program following a 28-24 loss by the Hamilton Tiger Cats at home at the hands of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Turnovers, the story of the night. Hamilton committing six turnovers. Four fumbles, two interceptions by Jeremiah Masoli. And uh, just not a good night at all in terms of holding on to the football. That stop momentum, that stop drives, that really stunted the potential offensive outbursts that the Ticats were hoping to rely upon after failing badly last week against the BC Lions, who have kicked off against Toronto at BC Play Stadium. Uh, that one's scoreless uh, five minutes into that ball game. Jeremiah Masoli, 29 of 39, for 367 yards and two touchdowns. If I stop the stat line there, it would be fantastic. But there's more to it. A couple of interceptions, a couple of fumbles, and so where do we go from here? Do we try the Jeff Matthews Experience 2.0? Do we stick with Masoli until Zach Caleros returns, hopefully sooner 
rather than later. What would you do if you're head coach? Kent Austin, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Don't forget, we'll name our fifth quarter fan of the night, and we're also taking your votes for the player of the game tonight. To the phones we go. Alex is on the line. Alex, good evening. Thanks for calling. How you doing, Rick? Good. How are you? Not happy. Yeah. I don't blame you. Well, you know, I was watching the whole game, and Jeremiah was I'm sorry he can't throw. <laughs> he throws the ball too low yeah. or too high. And I say Jeff Matthews needs to come in and he needs to show us what he has. Because I feel like he has changed over the off season, and he's had the best training camp of his career. And if he shows us what he's got, maybe he'll be the number one quarterback until Zach comes back. Okay, make a good argument. And um, those interceptions are not always Missouri's fault. The receivers do run bad routes, but, you know, just needs to stop. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Two games in a row, this kind of inconsistency uh, is not going to lead the Ticats to victory. Who's your player of the game tonight? My player of the game has to be Andy Fantuz. Okay, what would you like about his game tonight? Well, I liked how he was always... In the in the mid of the mid midfield, he was open. He was catching the ball, and he didn't fumble the ball once this game. So I was I was really proud of him. Good stuff. Hey, thanks for the call. No problem, Rick. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your smartphone. Andy Fantuz's stat line is fairly impressive: seven catches for eighty nine yards and a touchdown. Chad Owens, by the way, five receptions, ninety two yards and a TD. Luke Tasker led all Ticats pass catchers with eight receptions for 91 yards. Brandon Banks finally getting a little taste of the offense this week as well. A couple of catches, 25 receiving yards. He had one run for one yard as well. And he really provided a big boost to this Ticats offense because those, those catches and even that run made Winnipeg think, oh, they might use Brandon Banks a little more. And, of course, he had the 120-yard missed field goal return for a touchdown tonight as well. Easily, out of the first three games, Brandon Banks' best game of the season. I'd like to see them use him a little more in the offense just to change things up. And he did drop, or I should put it uh, more accurately, Jeremiah Masoli just overthrew Brandon Banks on what could have been a 40-yard touchdown. And Tyquan Underwood, you'll recall, dropped a surefire 32-yard touchdown that Masoli put right on his hands. So we can't put all the blame on Masoli. As we say, the quarterbacks get all the credit when they win and they get all the blame when they lose. But uh, in that instance, Masoli was right on the button and Underwood could not haul it in. Let's go to the email. This one coming in from Randy. Good evening, Rick. A nail-biter of a game, a wild one down to the last play. A true loud Hamilton crowd. Masoli at times played well, but with five turnovers, it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. The hang-around situation for most of the game. I guess one fan would say Tisdale out, Ray Hawley in. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, I don't understand that fan. Uh, good performances at times by Luke Tasker, Larry Dean, Chad Owens, Drake Nevis. Uh, my player of the game, Speedy B. I still think they need to give Jeff Matthews some reps, some insurance for difficulties. I, I think we're in a difficult situation right now. Uh, Randy goes on to say, One thing I noticed, the TSN broadcast team made some wrong play calls, i.e. penalties. Also, the interference call by officials in the first quarter should not have been called. Too many Masoli turnovers. P.S. Thanks for your concern, Rick. 
Uh, oh, he had a hamstring injury. Randy, Randy had a, he was down for the count last week. He had a bum hamstring, and uh, he's okay. His uh, volleyball mishap um, occurred, and now he's on the mend. Oski Wee Wee, Randy writes, uh, we'll get the, a win next game in Montreal. Argos must lose tonight. I think it's safe to say, Randy, and all our listeners here on the fifth quarter, that the Argos must lose every game. Uh, the world would just be a better place, wouldn't it? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. If you want to send an email, rick at 900chml.com. Interact with us on Twitter as well. Who's your player of the game? Um, and would you start Masoli next game as well? At AM900CHML, at Rick Samprin. We'll ask that question of Dave, who's called in. Dave, how are you? Um, I'm heartbroken, but I'm not panicking. Okay, so you keep uh, Masoli as the starter next week? Yes. All right. Yes. Look, the guy hasn't had a lot of games under his belt. True. I think he's showing some promise. Anybody who says that he's not doesn't know football. The kid is trying his best. He's showing promise. He's coming along. No, he's not perfect. But he may be able to uh, – he'll get better. Uh, but the thing is here, Rick, I don't, I've called you so many times, and I always call you when the Tire Cats beat themselves. They didn't get beat by Winnipeg tonight. They beat themselves. Uh, and if – you know, so that is the, why I'm not panicking. This team can iron out these corrections. It's early in the season. And we, well, hopefully, Claris will be back when they say he will. And the offense, to me, is, is going to be fine. The defense, they may need to tinker with that a bit more. But I'm not panicking. I'm heartbroken, especially after last year. There was every year for a team to win the Great Cup, but I digress. But <laughs> I'm not panicking this year. My player of the game, I think, was Fantuz. In the end, there, he made some clutch grabs. Yeah. Um, so, everybody, yeah, I'm heartbroken with the rest of the city, but I'm not panicking yet. Not yet. Good stuff. Thanks for the call, Dave. You're welcome, sir. Nice and succinct. He's got his player of the game. He's got his thoughts in the game and Masoli as well. Not hitting the panic button. Are you hitting the panic button? Are you at least slowly reaching for it? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. Dave Riggs has chimed in on Twitter at Rick Samprin. Johnny Sears is my player of the game. He had a controversial pass interference penalty, and I thought he was okay. And producer Luke Vermeer as well, we were chatting during the game that that one, we thought he was right on the money. I thought the timing on that one was pretty darn perfect. Jake on Twitter at Rick Samprin, I think Mike Daly has proven he can play. Why not put him at safety and put Steven back at corner. That's a decision that the Ticats uh, defensive coordinator Orlando Steinauer and head coach Kent Austin might be having this week. And I say that because they've lost a couple of their cornerbacks, Damon Washington being one, uh, to injury. They bring in Jeff Tisdale. He gets burned time and time again by the BC Lions last week, so they let him go. So they say, hey, why not we start this rookie by the name of Travis Lee? We'll put Quinton Pointer on the other corner and see how they do. Well, Drew Willie and the Bombers had a pretty decent night against those two guys. Why not have one more veteran in your secondary? So move Steve into the wide side corner. Put Daly in at safety. He has proven, as Jake just said on, on Twitter, that he's, he's a, a good safety at this level. He's maybe not going to be the elite guy, but I don't think he's going to be the worst safety by far in the Canadian Football League. I think this is an experiment worth trying. Got two Canadian guys in the secondary who've played this game, this Canadian game, for a long time. I think it's an experiment they should be looking at. 
I'm not going to say that Travis Lee was horrible tonight, but he had his issues. Quentin Pointer, I think that is still a work in progress on the other cornerback spot. Um, Kevin Allen on Twitter, my player of the game is Brett Maher, only player who didn't screw up. Bring Ray Holly back. I thought for sure the vote would be for Ray Holly. Let's write down a vote for Brett Maher. By the way, Andy Fantuz leads the player of the game voting with two votes. We have one for Brandon Banks, one for Justin Medlock, one for Chad Owens, and uh, now one for Brett Maher, who had uh, a good rebound game. He was one for one tonight at a 24-yard field goal. Wasn't really counted upon too often in the field goal capacity. Had some good punts as well. And uh, Gerald Hamilton on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, writes, what is the timetable for Zach's return? That's a question that we all want an answer to. And as early as yesterday, or as late as yesterday, or however you want to look at it, uh, Bob Irving, legendary play-by-play announcer for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on uh, CHML affiliate CJOB in Winnipeg, asked Ticats head coach Kent Austin yesterday, what's the timetable for Zach Caleros? And I'm paraphrasing here, but Austin said, I'd like it to be sooner, as in, like tonight, but obviously there's a process. And he has said from time and time again, they're not going to put Caleros in harm's way and jeopardize not only this season, but potentially his career if he comes to back and suffers yet another debilitating injury. You don't want to do that. They've just signed this guy to a, a big, high-priced, multi-million dollar extension. Well, one and a half million. It's over a million. You're going to want to take care of your biggest asset. Yeah, they're one and two. A lot of football to be played here, and Zach Caleros is going to be back, you could say, I guess, sooner rather than later, depending on your definition of sooner and later. All right, another break. When we come back, Rob's on the line. More of your calls as well. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here. It is a rather somber night in the city of Hamilton following yet another loss by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They are now 1-2, second straight defeat as they go down 28-24 to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are also now 1-2, and and they looked really bad, especially offensively over their first two games. But they managed to hold off the Cats and win by four. Now both teams, one and two in the respective basements of their divisions. Uh, Sam on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, glimpses of great in the end, too little, too late, as the Ticats go down to defeat. And I should mention that, uh, and Luke and I were just talking about this off air as well, that the um, the heat over the lack of running game has not really been that apparent uh, so far tonight in the fifth quarter, um, although our next caller might have something to say on that. We'll get to Rob in a second. But uh, C.J. Gable had seven carries for 36 yards tonight. As a team, the Tiger Cats ran 11 times for 51 yards. So seven of those 11 carries went to C.J. Gable. Of his 30 rushing yards tonight, 26 of those 30 came on one carry. He had a 26-yard run in the ball game in the second half. You take that away, he carried the ball six times for four yards. What is going on? Is it Gable? Is it the O-line? Is it both? Man, oh man. I know Gable was 
um, hurting or grimacing on the sideline with an apparent upper body injury, but he, he stayed in the game and kept on going. Who's your player of the game tonight? What do you think of this Ticats 1 and 2 start to the season? Call us, star 9900 on your cell, uh, 905-645-3221. You can uh, chime in on email, rick at 900chml.com, and uh, on Twitter at am900chml, at Rick Samprin. Rob has been patiently waiting, and now we have him on the show. Good evening, Rob. Hey, how are you, Rick? Good, how are you? Good. I, I don't know. I, I guess I just kind of want to question why we're banging the crap out of the defense when when our offense before halftime hadn't scored a point in six quarters. Yeah. Our quarterback fumbled the ball three times. Our uh, On a kickoff, we give the ball back to them. Like, I'm just trying to struggle here why we're beating up on the defense when, in my opinion, it's it's offense that's really killing us at this point in time. And you know, I know Jeremiah's not our, our, you know, he's not our first-string quarterback, but it, at this point in time, you know, you, you can't make a play at that at the end of the game and fumble the ball. Like, you've you got to know where you're going and make a decision, throw it out of bounds. Heck, give us a chance on the next play, but you cannot turn that ball over, and you can't fumble the ball on third and one or second and one when it was when he fumbled the ball earlier in the game. I'm, I'm struggling with why we're beating the defense up. I completely agree with your assessment. and I'm not sure we'd call it defense bashing, but I, I would say this. I think Ticats fans over the last two, three, maybe even four years have been rather spoiled by an electric uh, defense that has really smothered opponents. And this year, it hasn't been as good, save for the first half against Toronto in which Simone Lawrence and crew were unstoppable. But Pretty much since then, it's been a rather mediocre-slash-ordinary defense. Yeah, so what I would tell you, Rick, is we're in trouble if we're thinking that our defense has to be electric for us to be successful. Well, I think with a backup quarterback, I think they they have to step up their game. I mean, it, it's tough to hear, but I think it's true. Yeah, but, but again, stepping up and being dependent upon them is two different things. You know, we, we had chances to score today. And our offense made errors, and more specific, Mazzoli made errors. And I'm not saying run away from Mazzoli, because I'm, I'm not sold on Matthews on that side either. I'll be honest with you, I'm a little concerned. You know, the six-day or six-game uh, injury list for uh, Calaris, I'm going to be honest with you, I think the Cats are going to leave them there just because of the uh, salary cap. They're going to play the cheap way out on this. Um, unfortunately, it's just the way the CFL works on that side. Today is a day you can't lose. You cannot lose at home against a team like Winnipeg, who has been dismal not just this year but for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game may come back to haunt us as we come through uh, 2016. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, most fans are going to look at this team and say the offense has to pick up their socks. But then again, you know, the defense can play better too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and we need to start running the game. I, I honestly came to the, the stadium tonight thinking I was going to see Mazzoli run the ball more himself. Uh, try to bring up some of that, you know, make the defense think that this kid's going to run the ball, just bring a different piece to it. Yeah. Um, but we, we didn't see that, right? And, and if that's what he does well, we need to start bringing that into our game just to make the defense on the other side think about what's going on. Uh, I personally am going to Montreal next week. Um, oh, good. You know, going to wear my, ta- my cat's gear and, and hope to God that we give a better showing than we did uh, this week because uh, I just, can't watch the offense struggle the way that they are struggling at this point in time. Let's hope you get your money's worth and you leave with a victory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Rob. Hey, who's your player of the game? Uh, my player of the game, uh, we won the Pinty Wings tonight. So I nice! Wings. Pinty Wings with the player of the game. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the call. All right. You can join uh, the uh, fun here on uh, the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Pinty Wings with a vote. Can we get them as an official sponsor as well? <laughs> hey, we got Wisson's Law. We're, uh, we're covered. Back to the email we go. This one coming in from Phil. Uh, hello, Rick. With a couple of minutes left in the game and a second and three to go with the Cats needing a first down to keep the drive alive, they decide to go for a 25-yard pass. What was Kent Austin smoking? Uh, that was a very low percentage play that should never have been attempted considering the game was on the line. All of a sudden, I've come up with a case of catch a cat scratch fever. Disappointed fan, Phil, in the hammer. So I'll ask you, though, just play devil's advocate, Phil. If it's second and three late in the game, aren't you also thinking that the Bombers are thinking, uh, you know, a little screen pass, a short pass, maybe a quick run? So the Ticats maybe want to catch the Bombers by surprise and throw a deep ball? I don't know. I'm just not I'm not speaking for the coaching staff, but I'm just kind of thinking outside the box saying maybe that that's what they were thinking about. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on yourself. You want to get in on the fifth quarter here, brought to you by Wizens Law and Hamilton's News Talk leader. Debbie is called in. Good evening, Debbie. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm not very happy. <laughs> I don't blame you, but thanks for calling. Um, I was at the football game. Um, I think they got out coached. I think that when you see Mazzoli struggling like he was struggling with fumbles and interceptions, you pull him out and you put somebody else in, even though it might not be what you want to do. And the other thing I would like to know is why Kent didn't do it. And I'd like to know what the offensive coordinator's responsibility is in this mess. And I'll hang up and listen. Okay, thanks. For, do you have a player of the game, Debbie? Uh, my player of the game would be Chad Owens for the Ticats. Okay. And I think uh, Mazzoli played very well for Winnipeg. Okay. Thanks. Bye. See you later. <laughs> I think she's just traded Jeremiah Mazzoli to the Bombers. Are we getting Drew Willie in return? <laughs> um, in regards to the offensive coordinator, and this is former McMaster um, head coach Stefan Potasik, who's Hamilton's now offensive coordinator, I mean, he's really working in tandem with Kent Austin. So, you know, from week to week, they'll they'll sit down uh, with, uh, you know, the various offensive coaches on the team to map out a game plan to put their offensive players in the best position to succeed against the opposing defense. So in this case, it would be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So how are we going to get uh, Jeremiah Masoli and Andy Fantuz and Chad Owens, Luke Tasker and Brandon Banks and C.J. Gable on the offensive line on the same page to work collectively to score some points against Winnipeg. So they'll sit down, they'll go through the playbook, and they'll say, these plays will work against Winnipeg based on the film that we've watched uh, of the Blue Bombers two games this season, of past games that they've played against Winnipeg. But that's very hard to do because the Bombers have a lot of new personnel on their offense and defense this year and on special teams. So that's really the process from week to week is the coaching staff will sit down offensively, defensively, and on special teams to map out that week's game plan. Many of the plays are the same, but they might be run at different times and in different situations depending on the opposition. So that's basically, in a nutshell, how it works. 
905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. And Stephen from Penticton, B.C. has done so, as he does each and every week. And we um, gladly accept these emails and read them all the time because they're really good thoughts. Greetings, Rick. Uh, Stephen writes, well, now that I've been, (laughs) well, now that I have chewed off all my fingernails, when you give up the ball on six turnovers, it is normally a losing blowout, which is very true. It was not a blowout. I'm not going to go on and on about this one. What I did like was they seemed to play with a lot more drive than the last game. Winnipeg got several calls their way. The second pass interference call in the second quarter I thought was right out of the twilight zone. Player of the game, video review official in the command center. But really, it goes to Brandon Banks for the 120-yard return for the touchdown. No need to panic. The Cats beat themselves. Kent will get this cleaned up. So another vote for Brandon Banks. He and Andy Fantuz now tied for top spot in our player of the game voting. Who's your player of the game? You can call, you can email, you can tweet your thoughts. Deb writes on email, been watching the Ticats for 55 years, never been so discouraged. Lost count of the turnovers, were unable to stretch the opposition defense, and someone should tell our defense it is okay to stop the other team before they gain 10 yards. Listen to Deb's words. This is her writing. Been watching the Ticats for 55 years, never been so discouraged. That is a huge statement. We all recall the Charlie Taffiers, do we not? 3-15, and 3-15. and 15. Do we not remember the Ticats going 1-17 and 17 in 2003? They were bankrupt? And Deb saying she's never been more discouraged. Wow. That's amazing. Adam on email. Hey, Rick. Uh, firstly, my vote for player of the game is Chad Owens. 92 yards and a TD was excellent. You can't reach the panic button yet. Remember, we all need uh, to do is finish third to make the playoffs. <laughs> Adam's already got us in third. Uh, even if Zach is out till September, he can lead us to the Cup. Masoli had a rough game, but he needs a short memory and needs a strong comeback. Thanks, Rick. That email again from Adam. We also got a text as well, um, I guess saying or questioning that uh, starting Mike Daly at safety and moving Courtney Steven to the cornerback position, uh, they're not going to do that because there's no Canadian depth behind Mike Daly, meaning if Steven or Daly got hurt, they would be, uh, well, in a in a bind. Jay Langa would be the next man up if they do move Courtney Steven to the cornerback position and Mike Daly starts his safety. So they do have a backup. Whether Jay Langa is a guy who can step in and make some plays, we absolutely don't know because he hasn't been put in that position. All right, one more go-round here on the fifth quarter, brought to you by Wizens Law. Our uh, player of the game voting is in full effect. Chad Owens leads the pack, followed closely by Brandon Banks and Andy Fantuz. Make your vote now. Call us at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Remember, it doesn't necessarily have to be a tie cat. In fact, I voted for a Winnipeg Blue Bomber and Justin Medlock. And uh, before the night is done, at 11, we will name our fifth quarter fan of the night as well. We are back right here next on AM 900 CHML. 
Winding her up here on the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. You can call in with some final thoughts on tonight's 28-24 Ticats loss at the hands of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can email rick at 900chml.com, on Twitter at AM 900 CHML, and at Rick Samprin. Uh, Phil has chimed in once again on email. Uh, regarding the uh, second and three, I agree with your point about passing to try to catch the Winnipeg defense off guard, but we only needed three yards, not 25. Trying a 10-yard pass would have been just fine and move the yardsticks. My player of the game is Andy Fantuz. Hope the Cats can claw their way back against Montreal next week. Phil in Hamilton. Hey, let's go to Brad here who's called in. Good evening, Brad. Hey, Mr. Zampin. How's your week? What's going on? Uh, well, I don't think they played that bad this night. Uh, you know, con- compared to what happened last week, we did not too bad. Okay, uh, I would give you that apart from the turnovers. You can't well, commit six turnovers. Turnovers are going to happen from time to time. You know, that last turnover, it was batted out of his hand. They made some mistakes, and uh, trust Austin to fix that. Uh, what I have a problem with is when we keep trying to have a running game, but we only have one running back, uh, it's pretty obvious who they're giving the ball to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they didn't really give him the ball tonight. They gave him the ball seven times, and he had 30 yards. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, I mean, they got that other kid that uh, starts with an S. Oh, you're talking about Shurman? He wasn't. Sherman, yeah, Sherman, he, he didn't yeah. even dress tonight. Didn't even dress. Yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, give the kid a chance. I mean, put him back out. You know, have two bad running backs back there, and then, they, you know, at least the defense is going to have to guess which one they're going to pass through and or pass it off to. Yeah, know. I mean, Anthony Woodson was there as well, but I think he's, you know, he's more on the team, at least at this point of his career, as a special teams guy. So, I mean, C.J. Gable is, is your main guy, and if they don't get well, him going, they're going to be a one-dimensional well, team. It. Well, that's it, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you've only got C.J. back there and it looks like a run play, guess who Wall's going to? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty obvious, and they shut C.J. down on a regular basis. Well, you, know, you you can I, see that for every team, though, because every team is going to basically have one guy back there. Well, okay, but, you know, you gotta you got to have some plays that look like, hey, well, you know, maybe there's somebody else going to get the ball when they, when they go to run it. But Masoli did all right. He got shook up a few times. You know, uh, you know, it's to be expected, but his performance this week was way better than it was last week. And the defense this week. They really came on a few times there. They really, you know, stuck to Winnipeg and and showed what they were made of. You know, there's still some mistakes made, some bad penalties, but, you know, again, I think Austin will work that out this week and uh, we'll see what happens on the road. Let's hope so. Brad, who's your player of the game? Uh, You know what? I'm going to go with Andy. You know, he's reliable, and, uh, boy, that's a cool sound when the whole stadium goes, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, he's Mr. Reliable, that's for sure, when he's on the field. That's it, you yeah. know. That him and him and Luke Tasker both. You know, if I, if I could split the vote, it'd be between those two. <laughs> vote splitting here in the fifth quarter. Thanks for the call, Brad. All right. See have you a, next week, Rick. Have a good one. Um, you know what? I I I I like the Tie Cats' energy level tonight. I think it was way better than it was in Week Two. I, I still don't think it matched what they had in Week One against the Argos at BMO Field. Um, but it it was just not good enough tonight in terms of execution. Turning the ball over six times. I mean, you're not going to win those ballgames. And, yeah, you usually get blown out. But Winnipeg, uh, their offense isn't, um, you know, an elite level O either. A couple of tweets coming in. Uh, Joe writes, at Rick Samprin, my player of the game is Brandon Banks. Devin says, so do we get to see Everett Golson next game? Because Masoli couldn't figure out what color to throw to. I think it's a little too early for Everett Golson, that's for sure.
a little too early for Everett Golson. I think we'll definitely see Jeff Matthews before we'll see Everett Golson. That is a guarantee. Darcy's called into the program. Hey, Darcy, how are you? Not bad, Rick. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on, like, I know people have been talking about it, but Ken Austin, I know his offense, he, he just doesn't like to run the ball, and I know he's calling all the shots on the offense. It pretty much looks like that, and um, I don't think Patasics, maybe he has a little bit of a role in it, but it still looks like the same offense. But uh, I think for Mazzoli that they're gonna ha- they have to run the like keep them keep them safe somewhat because every team in the league knows Kent's offense and I don't know I think for us to have some success until Caleros comes back to help Mazzoli like I don't know if you agree with me but I think they're gonna use C.J. Gable or, or otherwise I don't even know why they're dressing the guy. Yeah, well, two things have to happen. Number one, they have to uh, alter the playbook to suit Jeremiah Masoli's skill set, which they have from time to time. Uh, we saw it in that playoff game two, three years ago against Montreal, in which they, you know, implement the Wildcat offense, basically run off the uh, off the start, and that was with Henry Burris still with the team. Um, the other option is you just play your offense and figure out a way to get the job done, and and that really has been haphazard this season. They they were electric in in week one, and the last couple of weeks they've been very on and off, and more off than on. Yeah, it's uh, with regards to the defense, the secondary. I think um, I know we lost a couple guys there, but uh, we definitely um, we're not we're not the same back there. I think. Um, I don't know. I know they cut. I don't know if you remember. Um, well, you would know. Cleshawn Page. Yeah. He was with the team last year, and he was pretty damn solid. And I was surprised they cut him. And I don't know if he got picked up by somebody in the league or if he's out there. But yeah, I think he's still out there. He's been a training camp cut. I think now two years in a row. Yeah, he's a guy. I, I don't know. I I thought he was pretty pretty good, pretty solid player. I'm surprised they cut him because we're but. Um, basically two rookies out there on the corners, which is, I don't know if that's going to cut it all year. Uh, who's your player of the game, Darcy? Um, probably have to give it to uh, um, uh, Andy, Andy Fantuz. Okay, good choice, solid choice. He's the leader of the pack. Thanks for the call. All right, thanks. All right, let's go to our uh, fifth quarter fan of the night tonight, and uh, this week's winner is Rob, and this is what Rob had to say. Good evening, Rob. Hey, how are you, Rick? Good, how are you? Good. I don't know. I guess I just kind of want to question why we're banging the crap out of the defense when when our offense before halftime hadn't scored a point in six quarters. Yeah. Our quarterback fumbled the ball three times. Our uh, on a kickoff we give the ball back to them. Like I'm just trying to struggle here. Why we're beating up on the defense? When in my opinion, it's it's offense that's really killing us at this point in time. And you now I know Jeremiah is not our, our you know he's not our first string quarterback, but at, at this point in time, you know you you can't make a play at that at the end of the game and fumble the ball. Like you you got to know where you're going and make a decision, throw it out of bounds. Heck, give us a chance on the next play. But you cannot turn that ball over, and you can't fumble the ball on third and one or second and one when it was when he fumbled the ball earlier in the game I'm, I'm struggling with why we're beating the defense up i completely agree with your assessment and i'm not sure we'd call it defense bashing but i, I would say this i think tie cats fans over the last two three maybe even four years have been rather spoiled by an electric uh, defense that has really smothered opponents and this year it hasn't been as good save for the first half against toronto in which simone lawrence and crew were unstoppable but Pretty much since then, it's been a rather 
mediocre slash ordinary defense. Yeah, so what I would tell you, Rick, is we're in trouble if we're thinking that our defense has to be electric for us to be successful. Well, I think with a backup quarterback, I think they they have to step up their game. I mean, it, it's tough to hear, but I think it's true. Yeah, but, but again, stepping up and being dependent upon them is two different things. You know, we, we had chances to score today, and our offense made errors, and more specific, Mazzoli made errors. And I'm not saying run away from Mazzoli, because I'm, I'm not sold on Matthews on that side either. I'll be honest with you, I'm a little concerned. You know, the six-day or six-game uh, injury list for uh, Calaris, I'm going to be honest with you, I think the Cats are going to leave them there just because of the uh, salary cap. They're going to play the cheap way out on this. Um, unfortunately, it's just the way the CFL works on that side. Today is a day you can't lose. You cannot lose at home against a team like Winnipeg, who has been dismal not just this year but for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game may come back to haunt us as we come through uh, 2016. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, most fans are going to look at this team and say the offense has to pick up their socks. But then again, you know, the defense can play better too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and we need to start running the game. I, I honestly came to the, the stadium tonight thinking I was going to see Mazzoli run the ball more himself. Uh, try to bring up some of that, you know, make the defense think that this kid's going to run the ball, just bring a different piece to it. Yeah. Um, but we, we didn't see that, right? And, and if that's what he does well, we need to start bringing that into our game just to make the defense on the other side think about what's going on. Uh, I personally am going to Montreal next week. Um, oh, good. You know, going to wear my, ta- my cat's gear and, and hope to God that we give a better showing than we did uh, this week because uh, I just – can't watch the offense struggle the way that they are struggling at this point in time. Let's hope you get your money's worth and you leave with a victory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Rod. Hey, who's your player of the game? Uh, my player of the game, uh, we won the Pinty Wings tonight. So I nice! The wings. Pinty Wings with the player of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the call. That was our uh, fifth quarter fan of the night, Rob. Last word will go to John. John, we've got about a minute. Okay, I'll make it sort of quick. Sure. Uh, all three phases of the game uh, Banks, uh, he's got to stop running back 10, 15 yards. I think the other teams have picked that up. Uh, on the defense, Willie would, would nail their uh, slot back. They would cross the middle, and he would get them every time. And the last observation, is it Mazzoli or is it the receivers? Because there's a problem there. The ball's getting there, but either the receivers aren't there or the ball's too far ahead. Something's going on there. Good stuff. Thanks for the call, John. I think I'll just respond to the last one because that's really all we care about in terms of, you know, Brandon Banks is going to do what he does, whether he you know runs wide or, or not. Uh, let's just leave him alone because I don't think he's going to change in style, nor should we ask him to do so. Uh, Masoli versus the receivers. I think we can blame both tonight, but I would put a lot more blame on Masoli than the receivers. Uh, Tyquan Underwood dropped a for-sure touchdown tonight, but Jeremiah Masoli overthrew Brandon Banks at a wide-open uh, would have been a 40-yard touchdown. He overthrew guys, underthrew guys, turned the ball over. I would heap more of the blame on a guy who's still trying to find his game at this level as opposed to all-stars like Fantus, Chad Owens, Luke Tasker, and all. Hey, we got to go. Ticats losing 28-24 tonight to Winnipeg. We're back after next week's game as the Cats visit Montreal Friday, July 15th, 7.30 start time. Join us following the game. For Luke Vermeer, my name's Rick Samprin. Enjoy the rest of the night on AM 900 CHML. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.